This podcast is from heptagonclub.co.uk and paulcarenza.com. The Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club. Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. Seven guests, seven corners. On this week's show. You're an other, so you Brits yeah. are others. Thank you. Right. I felt that personally. It's going to be 15, because that's my average age so far. What is <laughs> My eldest son is called Tom. He's 19, and he is Spider-Man. And your host, Mr. Paul Carenza. Hello, welcome to the Heptagon Club. Thank you for joining us. This is episode four, and welcome to this brave new world. Well, it has to be brave because, well, we need to be. This is our first Trumpian podcast how are we doing? I hope I hope all right. Uh, this week it's movie night. We've got uh, two film reviewers uh, of our seven guests uh, this week. Uh, one who is the editor of Empire magazine and the other will be reviewing every film she's ever seen. But it won't take long because she's only seen two. Uh, we've also got a local venture about how to do cinema differently. And we've got the brilliant comedian Dominic Holland with his tale of how his son overtook him career wise to become the new Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, we've got my three-year-old daughter, we've got a brief reunion of my chums John and Jen from my old movie banter podcast, and we go live via FaceTime to, well, the home of cinema, then south a bit, and then you keep going till you hit Mexico, San Diego, basically, to our American correspondent, American Dave, who will be beating around the bush politically and trying to make sense of a wall that he may be able to see from his house. So on this podcast, it's seven guests, seven corners, and hey, spot the links this week to all things seven planted throughout the show. I can predict i think at least three film-based seven-ish references uh three not seven unfortunately but you can't have everything uh, thank you for rating us on itunes people have thank you for that it's vastly appreciated the more of you do that the more likely it is to get apple's new podcasts radar and generally encourage uh, others this way as well so please do that thank you thank you also for your correspondence we have had actual correspondence especially since last week's miranda hart episode when she urged listeners to email in pictures of stickers on fruit uh, tabitha in new zealand surely our furthest flung listener uh, until we get one on the moon tabitha has sent in a picture of her stickered fruit i will try and describe it because it's a photo and this is an audio medium uh, it's a kiwi with uh, a sticker saying family kiwi gold organic nine hyphen three two seven nine New Zealand written on it. So there you go. That's that's the sticker on that fruit. Any more? Please do send those in. Can't can't wait to get them. Hello, Paul. Hello, hello, Dom. How hello, you doing? Paul. Nice to see you. The first of our seven guests this week, uh, a top comedian, one of my favourites. Oh, very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you for being here at our, our podcast kind of uh, delighted to be kind of thing. With his amazing tale of comedy, Hollywood, and Marvel comic books, Dominic Holland. So going back then, when did you start as a stand-up? Then what was your back in the day? Gosh, nineteen ninety-one. It would have been ninety-one. Yes, a wow. long time. A long time. That's amazing. And then you had that quite. Was it quite a sharp trajectory, it was. Would you say? It was a very steep learning curve, and I got up quite quickly. So mm. quite quickly, in 1993, I was, I was recognised in Edinburgh, and then I was on tour with Eddie Izzard, and I just quite, quite quickly found a 20-minute set, which turned into an hour set, mm. that was really effective. So I was winning awards and was, was, was getting loads of work. And I think because I looked so young, and I was really young, that's why my trajectory was going to be, mm. here's the guy in the, in, next in line. And then I think I sort of had a crisis of confidence, um, so it wasn't all just, you know, um, the gatekeeper's fault. I mean, I'm not a terribly confident person, I think some of the, the more successful comics aren't necessarily the funniest, I just think they've just got mm. balls of steel mm. and, and get out of my way. And mm. I was always a little bit more polite and, and, and self-doubting than mm. that. 
So the combination of those two things, and then getting older, clearly, right, yeah. you know, we, we all get older. These things happen. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that goes against you, because even though I look young, yeah. people know how long I've been around. Right. And, the, the you know, the, the TV companies are like, we want 25-year-olds and 35-year-olds, and, mm. and we've got enough white middle-class heterosexuals who aren't, right. haven't got a drink problem. <laughs> right, okay, exactly. <laughs> yeah, TV devours new faces and all these things, yes. and they want these things. Yeah. But you've never stopped working, you know. You've, no, you've, no, you've no. You're always gigging, you're gigging tonight. Yeah, gigging tonight. Um, and I love work. I love gigging, Paul. Mm. I like the challenge of there's a room of people and it's my job mm. just just all I'm going to get is an amplification yep. and it's my job great, and all the client says or all the club says is you, we're going to give you 20 minutes or 40 minutes and your your job is to go on stage and rock this room because if you're on last or mm. or you're the only comic on as it is tonight with me um, you better be on your on your on your toes because mm. you can't come off and say Gosh, sorry about that. That was, that was new stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, we wanted yeah, the old yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. We yeah, wanted yeah. the stuff that we've seen before that was yeah, bloody funny. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and I like that challenge. And, mm. I, and of course, and I, I've, I've been a little bit more diverse. I write books and I've written scripts. And I, I um, you know, and writing novels for me is really what I love doing. Because yeah. then there's no nerves involved. You can rewrite, you can change, mm. you mm. can get frames to look at. And then you can spend time really gestating a great story before you start writing. So I've written five yeah. books, and I'm, I'm really proud of all of them. The last one is, the, is a book I'm, I would plug because mm. I've given it to a charity. I've given it to the Anthony Nolan Trust. Okay. And uh, I was writing... I had an idea in my head for a story, and I wanted something extraordinary to happen. And the extraordinary thing that happens is, is to do with a child with an illness. And so I, that, then I sort of started to think, well, maybe I should make it an Anthony Nolan illness. Mm because I know the charity. And then it occurred to me, well, actually, wouldn't it be exciting if I, if, if I were to offer this book to the charity? And then people in buying it and reading it would then raise money. The more people they can put on their register, the more chances they have of saving people's lives. Mm. There's 700 people a year in the United Kingdom who are alive every year who wouldn't be alive without their mm. register. It's entirely self-funding. And so I'm just quite seduced by the idea that Open Links is the name of the book. And I don't know how many they've sold, but they've sold a chunk, mm. you know, and all the money goes to them. And I quite like the idea that somewhere, someone at some point will be matched from the money raised from that book. That's, that's amazing. To, yeah, it's not just a small, it's not doing a charity gig, is it? That's, it isn't, it's a bit it's of a lot, time. Lot of effort, but I did enjoy yeah. writing it. And I said right. to my wife, it's like my playing the piano. Mm. Me writing a really good not story is like me playing the piano. And I can't play the piano, but right. I can write. Okay, okay, fair <laughs> enough. That's good to use that. Yeah. Well, on, a, on a far smaller scale, I, I've, I, I'm all for the, the donor thing and all yeah. that, you know, the matching thing because I've, I've got um, I've got someone else's cornea. I had a corneal transplant last year. You're bionic. Um, I am bionic. I you need to tell me about your bladder again. I've got again. a fake bladder. I've got I've got a pun in built, in built aside of me actually because they call it a neo bladder because it's a new bladder. Right. Yeah. Because it's a bladder that I wasn't born with, but it's now mine. I call it my step bladder. So that's <laughs> Um, so I've got a stepladder. You've done that before on stage. I've done that on stage. You can tell. We've got to, I went that was into a, too neat. I went into a bit there. That was too um, neat. And, um, and, I, and I have got someone else's cornea, but um, I have no joke about that. So why is that then? Um, well, my, I had a thing called keratoconus, which affects mostly... Isn't she a singer? She, yeah, she was. There you go. There you go. We, we've been in and out here. Yes, yes, I do have a dodgy bladder, and I have a dodgy left eye. Maybe we'll do more of those in a future week, but this week it's movie week, so, uh, so, so let's not go there. Uh, yeah, hey, sign up to Organ Donor Register, both uh, for my cornea 
coming out. And also, not only that, the Anthony Nolan Trust do look out for what they're doing as well, Dom's chosen charity. That's Charity Corner here in our seven-sided room, but we couldn't let Dom go until he visits Name Dropper's Nook and spills all about how to get your own son to become the most famous arachnid-based superhero on the planet. So listen, it's a great story. Who knew? Mm. Who knew this was going to happen? You know, um, so just to clap, just for people who, who don't know, my eldest son is called Tom, he's 19, and he is Spider-Man. <laughs> and people listening now go, oh, okay, so he's playing in a, in a, <clears throat> in a, in a TV show. He's, mm. he's, in a, he's, a, he's, a, he's an animator mm. in a comic. No, no, he's the Spider-Man. He's Marvel's new Spider-Man. So he's, he's a movie That's star. bizarre, isn't it? Just it's mad, isn't it? That. It's mad. Yeah. But what's even more odd is that, you know, there was nothing... There was nothing from Nicky and I, well, to, to orchestrate this. So you never liked spiders particularly? Never <laughs> of, uh, no, there's no drama school, there's right. no private school, there's no acting lessons or anything. It genuinely really? was one of those sort of, you know, the, the lottery when it came out, the big finger came down. Mm. But it was one of those moments, really, sort of serendipity. He was spotted in a very remedial sort of Saturday afternoon disco dancing class. It was really, okay. it was just very remedial, you know. Mm. And from there, to cut a long story short, he ended up playing Billy in the West End. And oh, yes, yeah, so this is Billy Elliot. Yeah. The us right. They trained him. Yeah. They really okay. liked his look and what have you. So they trained him. And he's a very determined little boy. He was mm. only nine at the time. So then he finished doing that after a couple of years. And then, and then he, YouTube, he was seen on YouTube and a, a, a casting agent liked the look of him and got him in for a meeting. And that, and he ended up in a movie called The Impossible. Which I, that's the first time I, I saw him. I saw that yes. film and I, I cried my little it's eyes really out. It's really pretty. I do remember I stayed in that cinema until the lights came up at the end. Thinking, yeah, no, it's pretty harrowing. Away. It's pretty harrowing. It's an amazing film. True story. And we went to Thailand. So we had this extraordinary experience, mm. right, of going to Thailand to see the film being made. My little boy was only 13 or 14. And then he ended up getting long-listed for an Oscar. He's he's the best. I've seen the film twice now. Have you really? He's the best thing in it. He's, oh, well, thank he's you. Honestly, the best yeah, thing. No, he's, he's amazing. He'd be very churlish for me to say he isn't talented. He just mm. got lucky. He, he he is a he's a very assured boy, which I I think is heartening as a as mm. a parent. Uh, and he's good. He's convincing and he's pretty. So that all helps. Mm. And. Um, by the way, I must have a very attractive wife because anyone who knows me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so that really that was the start of it all, mm. and since then there's no the, the interest hasn't waned, right? And there's been lots of film roles that have come in for Tom, and he's done them and enjoyed them. So he's had a very unusual schooling, but anyway, it ended up last year with him being cast as Spider-Man. It was very protracted. The you know when the first phone call mm. came in, they're going to do a new Spider-Man. They're looking for a, a lead, obviously, and it was a case of fifteen hundred kids sending in tapes. Wow. And Tom started that rigmarole. And I just said to Tom, what an exciting mm. prospect, however far you get. And never, re- I always thought he would be a great Spider-Man. He's mm. a fantastic little gymnast and he's right. very lithe. Yes. And, but I never imagined that it would transpire wow. with little Tom being cast. And, then, and when he was cast, I just thought, wow, you know, it's just extraordinary. You know, you, you, try, and, you try and make your own career and become a showbiz mm. celebrity. I've tried certainly to become famous and become a household name like Lee Mack and Eddie Izzard and stuff. Didn't quite work out for me. Uh, and then inadvertently, who knew, mm. my little boy was going, hey, Dad, don't worry about it, man. I'm mm. going to be Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's a, it feels like a strange time to be talking about this because I suppose the film's not out yet. No. Are they making it at the minute? Or is but he's made one. one. He's, made, made, one. Okay. he's made Captain America. Okay. So that's when he's introduced to the world in, right. in the suit with the muscles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it's so exciting. He's in California today. Right. I'm in Stoke. 
Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Stoke, California, Stoke, Oregon. It's Stoke on Trent. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, it's a tough yeah, gig. Yeah, so he's in to. California, I'm right. in Stoke. So this thing at the minute, you talk about the household name thing, at the minute, people might have seen The Impossible, they might have seen uh, Billy Elliot even, sure. or be, have heard this thing. A number but, of other films, but he's not recognised. But this time next year, you know, suddenly this oh. name will be out there. So annoying. So annoying, he's going to be so famous. But then it's Tom, <laughs> Tom Holland, they'll go Tom or Dom. Dom Holland, <laughs> and suddenly, you know, you get Well, you know what? Some, I never want to compromise Tom, mm. okay? I wrote a blog called Eclipsed, and it's a very heartfelt story of a father being equally as proud as he was bemused by what was happening to mm. him and his family. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was pretty honest, mm. and I, I, I wrote a non-fiction book called How Tom Holland Eclipsed His Dad. And it's right. the whole story of how the kid was discovered and how mm. he got to a red carpet in Los Angeles. And I always said, Tom, I'll, I'm going to stop writing now because I don't want to chronicle our lives. and I don't want to intrude on, in our lives. So I, read, I wrote sort of stuff that's accessible. Mm. Um, but I, I just felt after then, it should now, you can now consume either career. Right. In cinemas mm. around the world or village halls in England. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, in the Stoke area. So, but I never yeah. want to compromise Tom either. No, so no, the no. idea, people say to me, you know, people say to me, gosh, Tom, are you going to give up work? Mm. And I'll say, based on, well, you know, Tom Spider-Man. I think, well, first of all, it's Tom's career. Yeah. Second of all, I really enjoy my job. Mm. And I still have hopes that that phone call comes in and says, hey, Dom, come and do a set on Live at the Apollo. And mm. everyone at home goes, oh, he's a funny guy. Let's go and watch him work. Yeah. So I still have those hopes. And equally, um, I, I, um, I, I, people have said, you know, would you try and get a, a role in the film? And I've, I've said, are you mad? Mm. Are, you, are you honestly thinking? I'm going to say, hey, Tom, can you, uh, are they looking for any funny looking, uh, yeah. you know, 50-somethings? <laughs> well, it's Uncle, whatever he's called. Uncle there. That's Tom. Uncle Tom, the Spider-Man guy. I don't yeah, mind if yeah. you get killed, Tom, as long as I'm mm. on screen. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, I'm never going to uh-huh. do that. And, but I am enjoying, mm. of course I'm enjoying it. Who wouldn't, right? Mm. I mean, because, you know, I remember Tom as well. This is another, and I, I don't think this is unique to my family, but certainly we've, I could show you photographs of Tom's first, from probably the age of two to the age of seven. It, and we have birthday pictures of every birthday, and mm. it's a Spider-Man cake and a Spider-Man outfit. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for, well. for five years, he was Spider-Man, and so, for, for, so now <laughs> he's a real Spider-Man. And there's a gap. <laughs> and there's a gap. Yeah, and then now he's got... My, I, I, we've got a five-year-old boy we have, and he loves Spider-Man. He's never yeah, seen... You know, he's seen... He's read the comic, and that's it. He's never even seen it on TV. Oh, of course. And he's already talking about Spider-Man. I'm going, this kid doesn't even know that there's a film of Spider-Man, of let alone yeah. having seen it, let alone me trying to explain to yeah. him where I'm coming today to speak to Spider-Man's, Spider-Man's dad. dad. <laughs> I mean, none of this quite computes in his head, you no. know, so... Um, but, you know, he'll so get to crazy. know it and he'll can meet, he can meet mm. Tom. It's nice. I mean, I, I love the accessibility that my friends mm. have because they've all got kids and um, I'm, often being, I'm often having dad say, oh, by the mm. Dom, who wouldn't mind with you if I could have a sign for it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of me? Of course. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's ask a child then about their movie-going experience. Over there in the corner, we've got editor of Empire magazine, uh, Nev Pierce, former editor, and um, first getting in with her film reviews, my three-year-old daughter. So, hello, daughter. Hello. Um, We're talking about films this week, movies and films. What's your favourite film? Have you got a favourite film? Yes. What's your favourite film? Banana. Banana. Oh, Minions. Yeah. Minions is good, isn't it? Okay, would you like to give us a film review? What did you think of Minions? Good. What, do, you, do you like it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. 
What and um, what did you particularly like about it? Um, the, them taking the queen's crown away. Taking the queen's crown away. Yeah. Oh, that is good, isn't it? That's good. Do you think all films should have that? Yeah. Have you got any other favourite films? Uh, let it go. Ah, Frozen. Yeah. What do you like about Frozen? Uh, Anna going into the ice palace. Anna into the ice palace. That's good, isn't it? So you like Minions and Frozen. So you like Anna, Anna Banana. Yeah. yeah. Shall we go and talk to Dumlet Holland again? That's a good idea. Do you think um, it helps that you've you've that, come not really because I've not had anything. No, not really. People ask me that. I know what you're going to ask me. Does it help that I've been in the business and I'm in? I've I've had some level of fame. I have nothing like. I'm never going to experience what Tom's going to experience mm. because there's there's people feel that they own the character. Right. So there are people on the internet now who have declared their dying, abiding love for the boy. Right. And that slightly worries me mm. because they don't know who he is. Mm. And, and he, I just think, will, that will quickly become quite wearing. Mm. So I've said to Tom, you are going to become very well-known, Tom. The longer we can delay that, the sure. better. Mm. I, I read a quote by Benedict Cumberbatch and they said, what's your greatest... Uh, what's, something along the lines of, what's the greatest thing that's ever happened to you? And his, li- his answer was, I became famous in my 30s, not in my teens. Right. So I think he, he, what he's saying is, I had ta- a chance mm. to live, mm. and now I live in a bubble. And I think that's interesting. Now, now Tom won't have that luxury, because mm. he's going to be 20 when the first movie comes out. Wow. Okay, so that's going to be hard. It's going to be mm. sort of One Direction type. Yes. And that'll be a bit boring, because when you want to go for a Nando's with your mates, mm. and you can't... Mm. Because what he does now is he goes to these crazy clubs in London where only people can go. Right. Because they know who you are on the door. And yes. So yes. he said to me that he came home from a drink. He said, oh, I just had a chat with David Beckham. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, where? He said, oh, I was in this club and Beckham was there. And he said, how are you in this club? And so oh, I'm Tom Holland and have a chat. So he's mixing with people who are quite rarefied. Mm. But he's also mixing in, he's going to areas which are quite remote. Mm. And I quite like the idea of going to a pub with your mates and having a, a Thai meal and a couple of, yes, couple of pints yes, as opposed yes. to a really... Place in Greek Street or something, yes. you know. Well, you have to now. You have to close the pub now instead. Well, it'd be a bit boring, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, it's you not know. the same. So There's I just... extras to be locals and. Uh, <laughs> 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 the Heptagon Club. Seven guests, seven corners. The Heptagon Club with Paul Carenza. More movie stuff coming up uh, right now as the world adjusts to the new world order. Let's go live to San Diego and our American correspondent to see if the dust is settling or if it's just beginning to unsettle. So this is American Dave. I'm a David. I'm from America. I'm in San Diego. Wow. Um, It's currently 86 degrees and there's not a cloud in the sky, so very depressing. I've been to San Diego. I've been to your place in San Diego once and it was amazing. I have have your passes to SeaWorld, you know, so I look at all the... You know the the animals that should shouldn't be in the tanks. You know what I really feel is like if I were an animal, you know, that lived off of sound, and every sound I made bounced off of a a thing, and then there was crowd cheering sounds. That would drive me mad. Of course, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then of course I cheer. So yes, I'm in America. It's wonderful. I have an American accent. Hopefully you can tell. Definitely, we can definitely um, tell that. Speaking of America, um, you had some big news recently in America with that election result. Hey, we did. Yeah, we did. It brings up a big point, like, do you want one person being in charge of saying, OK, let's bomb somebody with nuclear weapons that will destroy all of humanity? Mm. You know, just just allow that to right. occur. Yes. OK. So, um, we got a chance to, you know, work through the collective unconscious of racism 
and xenophobia, like you're an other, so you Brits yeah. are others. Thank you. Right. I felt that personally. You. When you said you're an other, yeah. that was me. That was yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, you're I another. We don't want any Brits or anyone from any other country coming into our country and doing things that we don't want you to do. And we're not going to tell you exactly what we don't want, but we don't like you. And we want you to stay away because we're great. Because right. we're America. All right. Okay. <laughs> Steady. The, the tea party was a long time ago. All right. Okay. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I love you guys. Okay. I don't care. You know, I think everyone, this is my personal opinion mm. of wisdom. All right. If you're on the planet, you have a right to exist wherever you are. Okay. okay? Great. There's, there's a, you know, I don't want to send you anywhere, you, you, anywhere else. Do you have I'm glad a- you're in. Okay, so do you have a right then to move to somewhere else? If you have, you have a right to be wherever you are. Do you have a right yeah. to then go to somewhere else and be? I think so. Are? I think you so know, as well. It'd be nice. I think so. I mean, this is just a personal opinion, right? Because it's just a border, right? We just make it up. Hmm. We just we just put a wall there. <laughs> the other, I want you to feel worse. Yes. Than me. Okay, I want you to feel worse than me because you're on the other side of that wall. <laughs> you, okay, let's say, let me let me tell you this: thing. you have to build a wall. You have to build a yeah. wall. Where yeah. do you build it? Where's your wall going? If you had to build oh, a wall, like, where does it go? Like for me, anywhere that I can see, as far as I can see. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to see a wall at the very end. Okay, of anywhere. All right, just so I know that everywhere around me that I can see is safe. And everything on the other side of what I can see is is out there as other, and I don't want to ever see you. So it's a horizon okay. wall, by the sounds of it. It's a horizon wall. Okay. And I and I, I will allow people to come into that space. Like there'll be a door, right? Now I can just do it by Wi-Fi. Just press a button and allow you to walk into my wall. But I do. I want it to move. You know, wherever I am, I just want it to. So it's a movable you know. wall. If it's a movable wall, maybe we should be paying people to, to dress up as the wall and be the wall, yeah. and then they can move around. Yeah. And then they, yeah. that's a job creation scheme. Everyone's talking about creating jobs. Yes. Someone can yes. be yes. the wall, can't they? Right, exactly. Yes, yes. Yeah. On that, that, that far away. That's an idea. Okay. You know, ultimate, right, I don't think we should have any wall. No. I, I, think, I think eventually all this stuff, right, this great, amazing nation of America, this great, amazing nation of Brits – um, you know, it, it's, it's okay that, that we're, we have different accents. Yeah. And if you're going to run around and start killing people, yeah, we should probably separate you from the other people. That's, ah, so okay. maybe the wall is, is to block the people who are doing the, the killing people on the one side and then everyone else. Right. But side. that doesn't work like that. Right. I mean, yeah. the only way you're going to know if someone starts killing people is if they actually start doing it. That's true. Well, cause it's interesting. Cause I have two kids now, right? Mm. So little kids. And they, 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 of course, get all caught up in, that's my toy, that's my thing, and, and you're the other. How dare you not give me my thing? You know, because that's mine, that yeah. little toy, right? So you know. are you saying that all children are Donald Trump's? Or are you saying that <laughs> Donald Trump is a child? I don't know quite which I, one. Well, that's a good point. Well, let's ask one then, shall we? Uh, time to wake up my three-year-old again. Do you know who the new president is of America? No. Do you know his name, the man on the TV? Yeah. What's his name? Chris Evans. Chris Evans. No, it's not Chris Evans. The man with the floppy hair. Donald. Trump. Trump. Right, OK. Do you remember what you said when we saw the news report and he was standing there with two men either side of him saying that he'd won? Do you remember what you said? Um, where are all the ladies? Where are all the ladies? I well, know, it was a shame, wasn't it? Well, hopefully they're only about four years away, but let's find out. The insanity of being of being identified with other and and the mind and wanting to be right 
and then trying to defend yourself against someone who will say anything, right, that comes into their head. Yeah. And then all the people who listen to whatever that – oh, and think it's just amazing because he's saying exactly what I'm thinking, mm. right? There, there, are, there are millions of people who believe that he is saying exactly what they're thinking. So we get a window into what, you know, what? I don't know, 500 million people in our country are thinking. <laughs> How terrifying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you, it's terrifying. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It is terrifying, yes. If you ever actually talk to those people, they seem pretty normal. You know, like yeah. they like ball and they, you know, you can joke around with them and stuff. Mm. And they're not terrible. They're just, that's what they're thinking. Oh, well, well, you know? I, I wouldn't want a window into what I'm thinking most of the time. So that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we get a window. So it's sort of like a mirror, like into our own thinking. Right. Yeah. So, so is, am I thinking, Oh, Oh, there, there's someone walking down the street and they've got a different skin color. And am I judging them? Mm. Oh, look at that. <laughs> now our rule here is seven guests per week. So we've had American Dave and here's another guest. It's British Dave. Let us go down to the bloody store and get in the queue and buy um, some tea and crumpets and listen to Paul McCartney <laughs> and, and buy me some fish and chips with the newspaper. And I would like to go down to the pub and have a Boddington's with my, my mates at the pub. Thank you. What's great Thank there you. is not, not only have you nailed the accent, but also the stereotypical British day. <laughs> that is, I brought it all in, right? That was what, I that's, it all in. that's what I've done yes. today, basically. Um, I I think you're ready for TV and movie work over here. I think you could okay, blend good. in. Speaking of movies, uh, it's movie night here on the Heptagon Club. Perhaps the best way to comprehend this Trumpian world is that this is an alternative reality. You know, somewhere else, he's still a time-washed-up reality TV star. And just we're in the horrid bit of Back to the Future Part 2, basically, when Biff is the president of the world or whatever. Or it's the alternative ending to The Dead Zone. Uh, this is how... 2016 has turned out. Anyway, back to some genuine Brits uh, from my old podcast movie banter, my pals John Sands and Jen Masters, with this week's quickfire questions. In the movie of your life, in the movie of your life, forget who in would play you, what's the genre? And, and the runtime and the rating. Uh, um, <laughs> film noir. Film noir. Why not? Yeah, very good. Runtime. Film noir. Uh, not too long, because let's face it, it's pretty intense. Short life, okay. So, <laughs> Uh, we'll go... No, 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 because you've got to leave them on a cliffhanger. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. Hey. Um, so I'm going to say, like, 72 minutes. 72, right. 72 Barely minutes. a feature. Um, <laughs> 60 minutes makes it a feature. Make, that's 50, what they say. 55, actually. 55 makes it a feature. Yeah. It's got to be 15, because that's my <laughs> average age so far. What, in life? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, age 15, because you've got to have some naughty words and some naughty things, but nothing too bad. Okay. Nothing too bad. Okay. Nothing too bad. Okay. Nothing too bad. Nothing too bad. Go on, guys. What do you have? Genre, runtime, rating. I, I, uh, I need 18 rating. I've got to be able okay. to let, let rip with the swearing. Yep. Animation. Like, well, really? Don't get a choice. No, no. I see, I'm, I'm assuming rom-com, but a, a disappointing one. An 18 rate, what? No, the trouble is... This what 18 rated rom-com? Seven! Is that a rom-com that I misread on this one? Oh, she's just a head in a box, but he's a hard-bitten police. She was ahead of her time. <laughs> They've got to make it work. <laughs> oh, no. Seven chances. For 
Also, thanks to my friends Russ and Owen. You heard bits of in there, but seven a week is our rule in our guideline on this show. Here is another guideline. We try and encourage once a week a bring a bottle moment, a chance for you to give something back to us just by joining in. And it's a free podcast. Let's keep it that way. Sometimes that's to help us with an iTunes rating or like us on Facebook. This week, your chance to give something back is simply this. Drop an email to a person of influence about this podcast. Recommend us, perhaps a local magazine, a newspaper journalist, a blogger, someone who can help give us a leg up. Go on, then we can grow more. Listen, I'll be inclined to make more of these. So if you would help us out that way, have a think who you know in your email address book who might be able to give us a little mention, a write-up, a plug, or just a listen. All are welcome here. I thank you. So it's movie night here at the Hepburn Club, movie night or movie day, which depends on the day you're listening, and uh, all these exciting guests, including over here, Jez Gibson. Hello, Paul. Jez, very well, thank you. A man who has taken on the mainstream cinemas and vanquished. Paul, in this, in this very Hepburn Club, you're finding a corner where there is actually a very small, polite revolution um, beginning. I like a polite revolution. Yeah, well, it's Guildford, so you know, we, well, absolutely. We, uh, we wouldn't want to go to too violent to make our point. In fact, even our fair county, uh, some people have mm-hmm. maybe thought we should change it to sorry. Rather, rather than rather sorry. sorry. I like yeah. it. I fell in love with film 36 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope in black and white. On a in por- black and white? Yeah, on a portable black and white TV. Oh, okay. On a top load of VHS cassette. I was thinking, I didn't know they released the black and white version, but of course, yeah, that, well, they it was retro, coloured, but they retrofitted it, course, and then yeah, now yeah. that's um, now available yeah. in 2D as well. So, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, all those years ago, at six years old, kind of um, escaped the earth and um, fell yeah. into this this George Lucas universe. And um, that's when the that's when the magic of film first got me, and and um, mm. it's been with me ever since. And the initial thing was this this love of film, where I was then recreating, you know, scenes terribly and all that kind of stuff. Actually, then sort of had a foray of uh, thinking I might be a film director, and briefly worked for Tiger Aspect Productions, uh, which was mm. the, the original gang back then was um, Eric Fellner and Tim. I've forgotten the surname. Uh, back in the day, it was Tiger Aspect, and I was working on a TV production. It had Ray Winstein, and it was called Births, Marriages, and Deaths. Oh yes, uh, and I was a runner, which right. basically meant that they they might might as well just call you doormat, really. Yeah, okay. um, so you you made the tea, did the mm. photocopying, and got got told to go and buy um, random props from various places mm. around Elstree, around the, uh, the Boreham Wood, around. And, and this was in the studios where they filmed Star Wars. You know, it's so okay. quite, quite exciting, you know, mm. to be on the set. But but it made it made it abundantly clear to me that actually to be a film director, you've got to be single-minded um you've got to be um relentless and um, you've got to have a very established network from either family or those that you know who are mm. in a position where they can give you an opportunity or you've got to be one of those people like a quentin tarantino or a robert rodriguez who have been film nerds a bit like i was you know going going to the video shop watching relentless amounts of films i thought you know what? i'm going to make a movie i'd like to make yeah. a movie and you do whatever it takes you almost become a guerrilla filmmaker and, and then maybe you get your break more on Jez's cinema events venture in a moment but first I just want to catch Nev Pierce former editor of Total Film and then Empire Magazine and now he's jumped ship further to make films he's in a, a very noisy part of the Heptagon Club so forgive that we will cut back to a quieter corner soon enough I promise so um, Nev Pierce um, how would you describe what do you do you, you, you work both sides of the movie okay. and gamekeeper is that right yeah yeah uh, historically a journalist, still a journalist, film journalist. Um, I'm a contributing editor Empire Film Magazine. Right. Um, I've written for the Sunday Times and the Guardian, the Squire and things. And now I also write screenplays for feature films, which thus far have not been made. Right. And I've directed three short films and I will direct feature films, he said, with false confidence. Uh, 
And so at what point in this, so you're still doing the journalism style, so you're still reviewing films while making films? I don't really review very much, okay. I mostly just interview directors. Okay, so inter- okay, fair I mean, occasionally I review, yeah, but yeah. that's become less necessary and also less pleasant because you suddenly realise how hard it is to make anything. Right. Okay. So if something's rubbish, you just yeah, feel a bit bad about saying it's rubbish. But isn't that great that people who would say, oh, well, these, these journalists, these critics, let's see how they make a film. And then you go, okay. Yeah, I think it certainly helps in some ways. I mean, I think I'd change this a critic from someone... I used to... I think when I first started, I used to review stuff a bit like a gleeful enemy. You want to do it like a disappointed friend. If I don't like something, I will not volunteer to review it. Okay. Quite often. Okay. You know, it's different if you've been assigned it and you have to do it. Yes. Yeah. If you don't like it, you're just going to say it. But generally speaking, I'm like, I'll just, these days, I try and only focus on the stuff I really like. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got a pretty broad taste, although if you were to identify two genres, it would be thrillers and westerns. Certainly westerns from growing up. Obviously, there aren't that many made now, but then something like Hell or High Water came out this week which is a crime film but really it's a western right. so like, it was Jeff Bridges Guns Stetson mm-hmm. so I'm very yeah. happy that's very nice yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. my film of the year Time it's, it's arguably my film of the year before I watched it and when you make the film so you did three last year yeah, I did two thrillers and a comedy I read on your website something about um, procrastinating time wasting to a professional level or something like that and yet actually last year you made three films well, that's I think pretty good the difference is learning productive procrastination so procrastinate on the thing that's really important and the thing that's actually going to pay your rent avoid that by doing the things that actually are going to cost you money <laughs> so the short film is kind of productive procrastination that's probably been I mean it's flippant but actually not entirely flippant that's probably been the change in the last couple of years it's like well if I'm not going to if I'm going to have some avoidance do something you should enjoy yeah. you know yeah I know what you mean it's sort of that old alt tabbing I find is a common verb I use in my house you know having those several projects open at once and think I've written a lot there let's do this one instead I listened to a Josh Whedon podcast where he called it not multitasking omnitasking as in in terms of he focuses on one thing very strongly at a time now it doesn't mean that he won't change he'll do a lot of stuff in a day but he'll make sure he just focuses on that one thing as opposed to okay no no I don't really this is struggling with this let's flip over (laughs) So your three films last year then, yeah. three short films you did then, with the, uh, Jason Fleming, I believe. No, Jason's a lovely guy, yeah. a terrific actor, I was very lucky to have him. Lucy Boynton, who's going to be a movie star, and I'll end up looking prescient, even though I was just lucky. Right. Um, yeah, and Alice, Alice Lowe, yeah. who somewhat humiliated me, we didn't put it online yet, because he's got to go through festivals. Since we shot that, Alice was six months pregnant when we shot that. She subsequently... I think written, directed, yes, and released a feature film at the Venice Film Festival. Is this the Prevenge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah. a little humiliating. <laughs> there used to be four cinemas in Guildford, now one multiplex. Four? Four cinemas in Guildford, now one that. multiplex, and now some of them are restaurants or, or, or shops or whatever it may be. Yeah, I do recall when I first lived in Guildford, well, I was at school in Guildford, top of the high street, there's the old Odeon. That's right. Uh, which was the first 18 I ever saw. Uh, and, you were and I, I, de- I don't know if I was quite eighteen, I but um, but eighteen enough, you know, and that was uh, seven. She's just ahead in a I, I remember going there myself, and there was actually a bucket and a leaking roof, and you would be watching Jurassic Park with actually the sound of a drop hitting into the bucket. Nice. Which they didn't quite sync with a little drop in the glass at the time, but that would have been that would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been, been a good touch. So I am doing monthly film nights, which launched last October, which was mm. the Blues Brothers. And the um, the thing which was a bit different was it. No, I chose an iconic film which I thought would entertain people on a variety of different levels. So it's it's cult. You've got the music, 
you know, you've got John Belushi, you've got the outfit. You've got John Belushi, then? We've got John That's, Belushi. That is a coup. Now, how I haven't got paid properly out of that. <laughs> I know, I come no on. Idea. Uh, but, you know, the, the idea was that people walked in, that, you know, some people mm. are dressed up. Um, I hired a function room in the back of a pub because that's the, the budget mm-hmm. I'm currently Yeah, OK, that's on. fine. People could sit at a table, uh, mm. a table uh, pull up a chair, they could order a drink, they could have some mm. food come to the table. But welcomed personally and made okay, a, an invited into, into an experience. This is yeah. an your So you're on. not sort of just shunted through. You've, had, you've paid for your popcorn, go and get a seat. No. It's, it's dress up, it's music... Uh, the film's part of the experience, like, exactly. but you know it's yeah. So and on that night we had this fantastic blues trio who mm. played um, leading up to the thing. There was an interval, there was more music. Mm. You know, people literally had inflatable blow up instruments where they were. Yeah, well, I, I came to uh, Whiplash. Yeah, of course, which that was, number was two. that was number two, and that was the uh, the drums there before the show. That's right. Before the film, well, the show was the show. You know, there's a show uh, yeah. in 3D of a person there. Banging away at a drum kit like and you would not believe, and then you see the film. Tell Bryant, who's um, a session musician, you know, who mm. is an extremely talented guy from Brighton, I believe Brighton. But um, he came up, and we we yeah. had this, and, and he actually um, rehearsed effectively what was a ten minute drum solo, mm. but he put different sequences in it which mapped different styles that were being played throughout the film. Awesome, and then very we, nice. And then we went into the film, and people were clapping actually rhythmically yeah. with that. As I well. particularly love going to the pictures, and I think there's something about the experience of sitting there and. Every, the collective experience of waiting for magic, basically. So I always feel really look forward to it, um, which TV doesn't supply in the same way. But at the same time, TV supplies a lot more freedom and a lot more diversity these days in terms of what stories you can tell, because it doesn't require such a degree of spectacle. So I think you know, you've got to look at what Spielberg and Lucas particularly were saying probably 15, 20 years ago about the fact that the acting experience is going to become more like a theatrical experience, you know, it's going to be more expensive, which it is, um, and more of an event, and you're going to see re-releases of older films as well. Well, people might have heard of Secret Cinema, for example, sure. which is um, great, yeah. but seems to have very swiftly grown out of control yeah. to a degree where I look and go, that's a great idea, I can't afford to go, yeah. and, you know, the, the cost of the thing that being... That's Three it. figures plus cosplay to dress up as a stormtrooper, whatever yeah. it is. You know, you're looking at you know mortgaging a house to, and, to and afford that. And you've got to go to London, you've got to get the train yeah. back. I went to the Empire Strikes Back last year, which was fantastic, but it was £80 a ticket. Mm. Adding food, train fare, and then all the dress-up gear, you're looking at 150 quid for yeah. a night on the flicks. Yeah. It was fantastic, to be fair. Yeah. But what if you could have something where it's not a £5 film club, it's not £20 going to the Odeon for your 3D glasses and your overpriced popcorn mm. and Pepsi, but something which is memorably good and that little bit different to the point where you're going, what's the next one going to be? What if one could be where there's just a group of people who are establishing know each other through schools? What if those people could come together and it could be just a school hall, it could be a church hall, it could be a village hall? Um, and you give them kind of a model and you, you can mm. go out and, and, and give them the licence to let go. And they can have a Blues Brothers, they can have a whatever it may be. It could be, um, it could be you know, a sci-fi event where it's just, mm. you know, you're just sitting there and enjoying the spectacle of the film. And then some of the other ideas is, you know, we've got a, a college or a university down the road. What if you could do Ferris Bueller's Day Off or, or The Breakfast Club in a college? What if you could do Slumdog Millionaire um, and you actually had a Bollywood dance class? So it's got to be films where yeah. they've just got a slight quality control. There could be a cult classic or it could mm. be a modern classic. Mm. You know, do a sci-fi spectacular where Fomopolis reaches for the stars. And there's a brilliant film that's just come out called Arrival. You could do, um, you know, uh, anything from Gravity to Interstellar. 
What if you did the Martian where Matt Damon's stranded with that 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 iPod mm. and he's just got that disco soundtrack? What if you did the Martian? You did a silent disco, and, oh, and nice. it was just yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have five yeah, people yeah. get dressed up and you do Mars cocktails. You know, so so that's that's the kind of scope. And I hear that. Um, idea. I hear that Arrival, the aliens in Arrival. Have you seen Arrival? I have seen Arrival. The but aliens tell people too much. Are called heptapods. That's right. Good idea for a podcast. That's hey, hey. like what you did there. This is the hep, the original heptapod is right you, here. Have you done this before, Paul? That was no. a little kind of overarching narrative there. I, think I like to think. They, it's, my plan is coming together. And was um, was Spider Man any part of the hept creating the heptapod? Don't know. And Nev Pierce maybe is maybe. part of the screenwriting and could uh, be, could yeah. be. Maybe this is maybe we've all put it together. Well, that could yeah, be interesting. Awesome. Yeah, the Heptapod, the Alien in Arrival, and us. We are the Heptapod, your favourite seven-sided, seven-guested podcast. And how about those uh, seven references? Pure charts. How about that? We had uh, seven and well, seven and isn't it? Because it's got the number seven instead of the V. So we'll call it seven and for now. Um, yeah, we're on uh, Paul at paulcarenza.com. If you'd like to drop us a line, feel free. Join our Facebook group. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Tell a friend about us. By all means. Now, it will be the full three-week turnaround uh, for the next podcast, I'm afraid. Three to four weeks. No fortnight turnaround this time. Busy time of year. I've got work, which is great. Uh, so in the next few weeks, I've got a book to write. I've got the BBC Music Awards to script. Um, a Morecambe and Wise special to uh, help write. Uh, not with them, alas, but never mind. Uh, and a sitcom for Sky uh, we're polishing off for next year. Lots of gigs to do. Comedians and carols as well, up and down the country doing these Christmas shows. Uh, lots of details on all that. PaulCarenza.com if you'd like to see us live or find out uh, what I'm up to via the mailing list, do subscribe at paulcarenza.com or find me on Facebook. Let's have one last visit to the bay window of wisdom for our American correspondent, American Dave. So so the other thing I wanted to talk about, and, you know, um, I have a theory that I'm working on because I have two little kids. Yeah. I have a, a one-year-old, a four-year-old. They're, they're girls, okay? Okay. And, and I've just noticed something. I've noticed something. So I think when we're adults... Right. Um, we want to uh, relive periods in our childhood. Right. And be in that state of being right of that state of of living. Right. And that state of consciousness. So so sometimes we do drugs. OK. To kind of go back to that, that period. All right. So what I've noticed is that from year zero to one. All right. Newborns. You the kids are on acid you know, or mushrooms or whatever. Like everything is just so amazing and weird, right? Because you just appear in this body on this planet and you're like, you're like blue, you know, blue, blue thing. What is this? (laughs) Right. It's amazing. (laughs) A raisin. Whoa. Whoa. Dude, dude, a raisin. (laughs) That's my American accent there. Dude. I just add dude. Like, wow. Okay. You know, sound of fan, you know, like, whoa. Okay. (laughs) And then, and then from like then from like uh you know i want to say one to like three right they're they're toddlers they're sort of wandering around all right so that's that's when you're drunk okay right. you're like you're like yes you you take food right and you put it in your mouth and you're like yum 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 and then you put your hand in your mouth right and that starts gumming up yeah. your hand and you know like, mm, this is interesting and then and then all of a sudden you like throw it up right you know yeah and you just yeah start walking with 
day and like nothing's going on. There's a bit of so pain then, yourself and all that. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So then, right, then if you want to be an adult and you want to go back to like the age of like three to, I don't know, I've only got a four-year-old, so I, yeah. I haven't gone beyond this, okay. right? But it's something like math or ecstasy where you're just high and you're happy and everything is freaking great and you're just having a blast for hours until you freaking crash, right? And you're just done. Mm. Like life is is over and you have no energy and it's everyone else's fault and you just want to lie in bed all day and be totally sad and angry until you take your meth again, which which is, you know, being a kid. Yeah. Right. So yeah. so and I right. And so I think that's what yeah, anyway, that's my theory. It's a working theory. Okay. It, yeah. I'll so. be I'll be curious to check in again a few years down the line. <laughs> See what drugs have kicked in for the kids come out like eight or nine I don't or something. Know what's you know? left, right? Yeah, like, what's you've left? used them all up. This is it. <laughs> you know, like what other drug are you going to take after that to get back to like what? Six. <laughs> right now, do you, do you dream about going back to be a six-year-old? You yeah. know, like I, I don't know if you do, you know. Oh, I want to go and feel what it was like when I was in, you know, first grade and someone took my notebook. You know, like. Yeah. Like, I, you don't really want to go back to that, per se. No, you know? exactly. I think you've peaked at 0 to 5, I think, really. Yeah, I, think that's I, I it. do. It's I, downhill I, from there. <laughs> sad, isn't it? You just learn about taxation and, you know, oh, dear. Yeah. There's no need. You can have happiness without any... Exactly. Any... Without any drugs, yeah. without any kids. You don't need them. <laughs> you don't need them. Life is simpler. <laughs> just exist. No exactly. I, I, I have this dream... Of like just being on, on a mountaintop, all my needs met, you mm. know, and no, no children, no, no need for work, you know, like, like, yeah, we wouldn't do anything like we'd sit there like a lump, like sort of in stasis, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, that that's sort of the place I go to, you know, mm. when, when I get a little overwhelmed by the situation. And from that mountaintop, you can see over every wall, over <laughs> yes, every over wall in the horizon, even the horizon wall, you can see right <laughs> yeah. over it. This is that's it. Passed from, passed, passed. Who, who's the big Bretix person Bre over there? Bretix. Boris. Oh, Brex Boris Brexit. You mean Brexit? Oh, Brexit. Brexit. Sorry, not Bretix. It's meant to be Britain Brexit. exit. You see, it's not. Britain that's exit. why it's called Brexit, not Bretix. <laughs> right, right, right. I think Bretix Sorry. is like a Sorry. brand of polystyrene or something like that. <laughs> so Boris, that Boris person, passed him. Yep. They are under a beautiful sky, right on this amazing planet. Okay, that we haven't destroyed yet, thankfully. It's clearly a blue sky over in San Diego, and it's it clearly a grey sky over here. But either way, they're both <laughs> skies. It's the same sky. Let's remember that. Same sky. <laughs> to right. Thank you to all our guests this week. Oh, and uh, Jez does want me to add uh, the following about his Filmopolis uh, venture in Guildford. Uh, the next event is Elf on 14th of December. And if you are a business, a venue, uh, maybe for charity, perhaps you want to uh, put something filmic on. Do get in touch with me. Um, it's uh, Filmopolis, www.filmopolis.co.uk. And um, I'd love to hear from you. We're back with seven more in mid-December uh, a three-week turnaround like I said at least uh, three and a bit well our Christmas special uh, will start Jimmy Cricket hey you as anybody said to you today do email us like us your love rate us has made the world a better place the music's by Rob Halligan you look positively beautiful in your blue jeans till next time it doesn't matter what you wear join us for our for Christmas special you're the best thing that's happened